Welcome to the Halakha Hour here on JRoot Radio. Live on Tedvav Adar Aleph. We are today Purim Katan, Shusham Purim Katan. We're exactly a month away from Purim. We're all excited. So before we begin, I'd like to first give a thank you to uh, my good friends Jack Zami and Albert Kadari for getting me a ride over here so I could come on time. On time means before 10, you know, 10 minutes of the show, 2.08. We're not bad. We're starting with Zat Hashem. Uh, before we come to the class, let's just give a few quick announcements. Number one is the numbers to the studio. If you would like to call or text in, we prefer that you text into the studio if you have any questions or comments. We hope that today's class will be the final class on Mukseh from the Ben Ishai. And with this, with the halachot today of the halachot of the laws of Basis le Dabar Asur, we'll clarify what we spoke about a little bit last week and uh, hopefully sum up and finish up everything that we have to, that has to do with Basis le Dabar Asur. And with this, we'll be Mesayim, the two parashiot, two very difficult parashiot of the subject of Mukseh. So therefore, we'll give you the number now, but um, call only after the show. Or if we finish, if we have time before the end of the show, the number is 718-683-5858. To text in, it's 347-927-8398. That's the best way to reach us. 347-927-8398. Do not text my personal um, text. If you want to have a question, please do it to the station. This way I'm able to answer. Again, 347-927-8398. Okay. Now, before the class itself, a few quick uh, announcements, this class is of Eliyahu ben Rosa, somebody very dear to me Hashem should give him a full recovery and bring him back to his original state of health and of course on behalf of JRoot Radio and the entire listeners in Brooklyn and beyond we'd like to extend our best wishes, a big Mazal Tov and Mabruk to the Kohen and Lazari family. That's right, of Nisim, Lazari's daughter is tonight. Their two children, their children, Yehuda and Hila. They should be zochet to build a bait name by Israel and their families and all classes should only see Nahat from them with all the berachot of health, wealth, and banim zecharim and healthy children of Hashem. Hashem should bless them and their families. And of course, this is uh, our dear friend Rav Nisim, who's behind this whole sh- this whole radio, and the whole website, and we owe him a lot of hakaratatov. So if you're in the neighborhood, drop by and say Mazato Mabruk. I don't know if he wants me. To, I'm not really inviting him. It's not my party. I can't invite everybody. But please don't forget to wish send him your best wishes. You could text it into the station. He'll look at it later on. And from here, from the halacha hour, we wish him the best. And his, the rest of the, the family, Azat Hashem, should be able to marry off Azat Hashem B'Simcha. Okay, back to the Halachot Azat Hashem. And of course, one more. We'd like to send the Mazal Tov to Yosef Safdi on his engagement tonight, Azat Hashem. He should also be Nikhnas L'Hupa B'Sha'at Toba, Azat Hashem. Mazal Tov to the uh, Safdi family as well. Okay, let's come back now to the halachot of Mukseh, Ma'azat Hashem. In the halachot of Mukseh, we discussed the last category of Mukseh last week, the laws of Basis Debar Asur. I felt that 
I wasn't clear enough last week. Maybe it was too much information. Maybe it wasn't presented properly. So therefore, I would like to go over the laws of Basisa Dabarha Asur in a very clear way, reviewing some of the things from last week, as well as explaining and clarifying other things. Let's begin. An introduction is as follows. We know already by now all the different dinim of Mukseh. In the laws of Basisa Dabarha Asur, al tells us that Anything that's holding mukseh, so long as the mukseh is still on it, then it takes on the same status. Meaning, if you have something that's a klisu heter, and inside of the klisu heter, on top of it, we find that there is mukseh on Shabbat. Let's say that mukseh is mukseh Muhammad Gufo. The, the laws of Basis the Debar Hasu tell us that as long as the mukseh is on top, of the Klis Mahtol Heter, the Klis Mahtol Heter turns into Mukseh Muhammad Gufo and it has the same status Mukseh Muhammad Gufo. You cannot move it, not even as a Gufo Mkomo. Let's pick an example that we'll, we'll keep on using forth. And that is, you have a bowl and inside the bowl you have some coins. The coins, the money, is Mukseh Muhammad Gufo. The bowl itself is the Klis Mahtol Heter. It's made for eating cereal with it. It's made for eating soup with it. This bowl, which under normal circumstances, I should be able to move it whichever way I like, even to protect it from any harm. So long as the coins are inside of it, then the bowl retains the status of the coins and it also becomes Mukseh Mahmat Gufo as long as the coins are inside of it. This is what we call Basis Le Dabar Asur. The bowl becomes a Basis, a base. To the forbidden item, which are the coins, which are Mukseh Muhammad Gufo. Now, there are cases that we find where even though the Mukseh has been removed on Shabbat, whatever way it could be removed, even though the Mukseh is completely removed, let's say a child comes and removes the coins, or a goy comes and steals the coins, or whatever way, you know, wind comes and blows the bowl upside down, and the coins fall off. There are cases when... The bowl itself, even after the muksa has been removed, the bowl will retain the same status when the coins were on it. And this is what's known in halakha as basis the dabara asur. This remains there. So therefore, I mean, the status remains with the bowl throughout the entire Shabbat. This is not in all cases. This is in specific cases. So for our class, we'll refer to this as basis. Now, even though basis really includes cases where it's only a basis when the muqseh is on it, but will not be basis after the muqseh is removed, for our class, we will refer to the term basis only when we're talking about something that will remain muqseh even after the muqseh has been removed. Mean to say, the ball with the coins. When the coins are removed, the ball will remain a basis, so this is what we were going to discuss. When does it happen? When does it work? In any time that the ball, or in our mashal, or anything, that is, in any time that we say that something is not basis, the halakhat tells us that I can use the klis itself to remove what's mukseh that's on, on top of it. So let's come back to our case. I put coin, let's say there's coins inside of the ball. The kids come and they remove the coins from inside the bowl. So in the case where the bowl is not basis, 
so I can move the ball whatever way I like. Even if the coins are inside, inside the ball. In the case where it would not be Basis, I could use the ball to shake off the money from inside of it and then be able to use it. I can never touch the actual Muqseh, 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 excuse me. I can never touch the actual money. The money is always Muqseh Muhammad Gufo. But the ball itself will be, uh, I could use it to throw off the Muqseh. Another example. In a case where a person put his wallet, he forgot his wallet on top of a tissue box before Shabbat. Now on Shabbat he wants the tissues and in order to get to the tissues, he has to get the wallet off. So in that case, either you shove off the wallet with your elbow, which usually you could, you know, that's called tattoo big of all, you're allowed to do. Or you could use the, the tissue box to shake off the wallet, and then the tissue box could be used like it normally could be used, which is a klis Now, when do we say that something becomes basis? When do we say that the non-mukse item which is the Klis the bowl in our case, when do we say it becomes Basis? We brought over here four conditions. And in each condition, obviously there are opinions, so pay attention to these four conditions. And we'll clarify by Zat Hashem these four conditions as follows. Number one, intention. Condition number one, there has to be intent. What does that mean? The Muqseh must be placed with intent to remain there for Shabbat. In our mashal. In order for the bowl to be a basis. Even when the coins are removed. Before Shabbat I have to place the coins inside the bowl. That they should remain there for Shabbat. However if my intention was not that they should remain there for Shabbat. I thought about removing it before Shabbat. I put it right now. Let's say I came on Arab Shabbat. It was four hours before Shabbat comes in. I took the coins, I put it in the bowl. I was planning to get the money from the bowl to go use it to buy my kids some treats for Shabbat. I forgot about it. Come Shabbat, I'm looking into the cabinet and I see the bowl with the money in it. Such a case, if the coins find their way off the bowl, the bowl goes back to its original heter. It does not become a basis because my intent was in, that it should not be there for Shabbat. So now, there's a mahlokit though in halakha. How long must... I intend that the item should be, that the mukseh should be there. There's a mahloket we find in the Rishonim, that when I need kavana, when I need intent, that the mukseh should be there for Shabbat, what's called for Shabbat? There's a book called Sefer Terma, one of the Rishonim, quoted by the Tosafot, who holds that in order for something to become basis, you must have intent that the mukseh should be on top of the Klis for the entire Shabbat. For example, if I put the coins in the bowl, I must have in mind that I should put that the coins should remain in that bowl until Shabbat is over. Now they don't actually have to remain there, but my intent has to be there. That means if the coins were knocked off of the bowl, somehow, even the Sabbath will agree that the bowl remains mukseh. It goes by your intention. My intention that it should be was that it should be there for the entire Shabbat. That's when it makes a mukseh. However, if my intention was that the goy is coming in an hour before Shabbat is over, on Shabbat afternoon, he's going to come and he's going to take that money. I'm preparing that money. I took an envelope, I put money inside of it, I owe goy money. He knows to come and take it from the cabin. And I put that money inside of the bowl and the goy is going to go to the bowl, pick up the money and leave. According to Sefer the bowl is not going to be a basis since my intention 
was that it shouldn't be there for the entire Shabbat. That's the opinion of Sefer Atirumah. However, Rashi disagrees. Rashi says, no, only when it's coming into Shabbat. Mean to say what we know as Ben Hashbashot, between sunset and Seta Kochabim. In the time of Ben Hashbashot, if my intention was that the Mukseh should remain on the Kedish Bachtoleter for the period of Ben Hashbashot, that already makes the bowl into a basis. Which means, if I intend on removing the Mukseh, let's say the same scenario, I took an envelope with money. I put on a bowl, and I have a housekeeper. She's planning to leave at 8 o'clock. Shabbat comes in at 6. That's two hours later. It's way after Tzedek Kochabim. Now, she knows to go to the cabinet, open up the cabinet to go for the envelope and take it. She's doing that. My intention is that, you know, it's only going to be there for Friday night until 8 o'clock. According to Rashid, it doesn't make a difference. Since I wanted that the money should be on the bowl in th- during the time of Ben Hashem when Shabbat was coming in, therefore, it becomes mukseh, even the ball becomes mukseh even when the money has been removed. This is the mahloket rishonim, the Shohana Ruch in Siman Shintet Dalit, rules like Rashi. It's mahmir. That means if my intention that the mukseh should be there just for the duration of the coming of Shabbat, then Maran tells us the famous rule. That once it becomes mukseh just for that period of benashmashot, then it remains mukseh for the entire Shabbat. So in the case where I put the money in the bowl and the housekeeper is taking it on Friday night, since I wanted the money to be there for the period of benashmashot, even removed, the bowl has the same status as the money. Just like the money is Mukseh Muhammad Gufo, the ball also for this Shabbat becomes Mukseh Muhammad Gufo. However, Maran does bring the opinion of Sefer Tenumah as a Yesh Omrim. And the Yesh Omrim, the rule is usually we follow the other people. We don't follow the Yesh Omrim. When Maran writes Stam Ve'yesh, we usually go with the Stam. But the Yesh Omrim allows us that when it's very, very, very necessary, then we could rely on such an opinion. The Bah. And the Mishnah and Bi'ur Halakha, both of them say that if it's Sha'at al-Dahak, when it's very, very necessary, and a person only had intention that the Muqseh should be there for a certain amount of time only, not for the entire Shabbat, then you have what to rely on. And of course, we tell you that usually you have to be Mahmir. In a case where it's very, very necessary, if you cannot ask a rabbi before Shabbat or on Shabbat, then try to be mahmir, but if you cannot be mahmir, you could rely on the opinion of Sefer Tirumah as well. Question. What if a person placed mukseh somewhere, in our case, he put the money in the bowl without any intention, he wasn't thinking about it. Right? As most of us live in our days, we don't think, we just act. You know, we're just, okay, I'll give you an example. A guy comes into his house, he's, he's rushing, he's a... Uh, Let's not do Arab Shabbat. Let's, whatever it is, he comes home, he puts money inside of the bowl. He's not thinking they should be there for Shabbat. He's not thinking they should take it off before Shabbat either. He just placed it there. So what would be the halakha when a person places mukseh into klish mechtol heter and remains there for Shabbat, but he doesn't have any kavana? What's the deal? What's the halakha? So there are two possibilities of when the money or when the mukseh was placed. Either it was placed 
Excuse me. Let's do it this way. I'm going to, sorry, fix it up like this. Two possibilities where the mukseh was placed. Either it was placed in its regular place, or this is not its regular place. A lot of people have a drawer. Let's say you have a desk. And you have like three drawers on the side of the desk. That's usually the standard of all drawers, of all desks, excuse me. So in your drawer, you know that the bottom one is where you, ha- where you always put the money. That's where you put everything that's mukse over there. Okay? And then you have another drawer, the top drawer. The top drawer, no, you mix it up. You don't, you don't, not dafka makpi that mukse should be there. You put all types of things over there. And, uh, you know, but not usually it's a regular place though. Money, your makpi that should be on the bottom. So, in a case where a person placed money in its regular place, every time Friday afternoon comes, when you're preparing yourself for Shabbat, you pull out the bottom drawer, you put the money in that bottom drawer. So, even though now you place the money without any kavana, without any kavana, still, and there's nothing else inside the drawer except for the money, the drawer becomes basis for the money. So, therefore, even somebody removed the money Somehow on Shabbat, whether it was a child or a goy, or by accident the money was removed on Shabbat from the drawer, the drawer remains basis because it is usually used for the mukseh, for the money in our case, and in this case, you place it there, even though it was with intention, it becomes basis. The other option is that you place it in its place that's not regular. The coins in the, in the, in the bowl. Why, would you, why are you putting money in the bowl? Ah, you weren't thinking you had some extra change, you just put it in the bowl. You, didn't, you weren't thinking about it. So in such a case, it depends on which day you placed it. If you placed it any day before Shabbat, that means to say before Adam Shabbat, before Friday, you did it on Thursday night or Thursday, Wednesday, whatever it is, or for the same matter, before Adam Yom Tov. So then we say the Halakha is as follows. It does not become basis according to all opinions. If you had no intention. We assume that you want to remove it there. It's not its regular place. The bowl is not where you usually put money. So you came Wednesday, you had some extra change, you put it in the bowl, you weren't thinking that it should be there for Shabbat. We assume you didn't want it to be there for Shabbat. So on Shabbat, when you see the bowl and it has money in it, you're allowed to use the bowl to shake off the money and then use the bowl. It does not become basis. There's mahluk between Tirumat Adesh and Bet Yosef. When you came on Friday, Ayrib Shabbat, or Ayrib Yom Tob, and you place the money in the bowl without thinking. If you were thinking that it should be there for Shabbat or for the coming into Shabbat, of course it's going to remain mukseh. The bowl will become a basis. And if you had intention to remove it before Shabbat, everybody agrees also, that's not going to become a basis because you're intended on removing it. You just forgot about it. Questions when you are not thinking. Your wife was on the phone. Your parents were on the phone. Your kids were on the phone. Whatever. You were on the phone. I don't know. Somebody was... Keeping you busy, you weren't thinking. In that case, we have a mahlokit. Throughout the edition says, once it's Adam Shabbat, we assume that you wanted it to be there for an entire Shabbat, or at least when Shabbat comes in, and therefore the bowl becomes basis. However, the Beit Yosef disagrees. The Beit Yosef holds that as long as you didn't have a positive intent that you wanted the coins to remain there for the coming of Shabbat. Even though you weren't thinking, it does, make, it does not make it a basis. In order for it to become basis, you must actually have intent that should be there for the period of Ben Hashmashot. If you didn't have that intent, you weren't thinking, it does not become a basis, even when placed on Arev Shabbat. And that is the halakha, because we usually follow the Bet Yosef. There are those who are mahmi like to but in general, especially for the Sfaradim, we usually follow the opinion 
of the Beit Yosef. So that's condition number one. You need intent that it should be there for the coming of Shabbat. Condition number two in order for something to become a basis is that it must be placed before Shabbat comes in. You cannot place it on Shabbat in order for, uh, and become a basis. So this is known in Halakha as in Mukseh Lahatsi Shabbat. Give you an example. Let's say where the halakha permits it, the halakha tells us that you're allowed to light a candle for a lady in during childbirth. Nobody's doing that today. We're not talking about a Yotzai candle or one of those Rabbi Meir Valnes candles. We're talking about a candle that, you know, in the time when she's, uh, she's in labor and she need, they need to see, so they lit a candle for her in those days. So we hold that the wick and the oil become a basis to the flame, which is mukseh. That's a halakha. So now, if the candle was lit on Shabbat for the sake of a lady to give birth, and then it shut off, the flame shut off, because it wasn't needed anymore, even though it the wick and the oil became a basis on Shabbat, but that's only so long as the mukseh was on them. Once the mukseh has been removed, it's not basis anymore. Another example, another example is as follows. Your kids will t take money, or you by accident take money on Shabbat, and you place it in a bowl on Shabbat. Since it was placed when Shabbat was, was already came in, after Shabbat, during Shabbat, the bowl does not become a basis. If you want to sh use the bowl and you want to shake off the money from the bowl, you could do so. You don't have to... Uh, excuse me, the bowl does not remain mukse. That is the second condition. It must be placed before Shabbat comes in. Now, the halakha tells us that it has to be there for the duration of Ben Hashem Ashot. So, the question is, how long of Ben, which part of Ben Hashem Ashot? Ben Hashem Ashot is an average of 18 minutes. So, which one is it? Is it the one, is it in the beginning of Ben Hashem Ashot, the end of Ben Hashem Ashot? So, we find here a mahlokit. Seems to me from the Gemara and the Pashut way of Rashi reads it, is that in, in order for something to become a basis, the mukseh must actually be there physically. For the entire Ben Hashemashot, from beginning to the end. And that's also the opinion of the Mishnah Berurah. However, the Grot Moshe, and as well the Huchani, the Huchani is even more. Huchani wants to explain the Gemara, Rashi, and even the Mishnah Berurah to mean that Mukseh, excuse me, the Mukseh Mahmad Gufo, that is, that if the coins were placed in the bowl and they were only there for the period of the beginning of Ben Hashemashot, or any part of Ben Hashemashot, and then they fell off of them, that's it, that's good enough to make it a mukseh, um, to make the bowl into a basis. It doesn't have to remain there for the entire Ben Hashemashot, even for a little bit of time of Ben Hashemashot, could make the bowl into a basis. However, we find that Hakam Obadiah, Shohan Aruch seems like, they seem to follow the first opinion, like the way the Mishnah Barah says it, that's what it sounds like, Call Ben Hashemashot. For the entire period of Ben Hashemashot, the Mukseh must be there for the entire period of Ben Hashemashot. Which means, in our case, you took the money before Shabbat and you placed it on the bowl. If it remained there for the entire Ben Hashemashot, it's Mukseh. However, if you took the money and before Shabbat you placed it on top of the bowl and then it was removed, the kids removed it during Ben Hashemashot, the non-Jew removed it during Ben Hashemashot, it fell off the bowl, whatever it may be, here, you have a mahlokit. According to Mishra it seems like that it should be not mukseh anymore. 
the ball is amuks anymore because it didn't last throughout the entire Ben Ashbashot. However, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, the Hoshanid, are Mahmir, and they say that the ball is a basis. Third condition now, to make something into a basis. And this is, according to the Magen Abraham, there are those who argue to Matadishin and Nataz, and uh, we'll see other Ahronim that go with them as well. Third condition is that you must have intention that it should be in that location. This is not like before where we had intention of the time. This is intention of the place. You must have intention that the mukseh should be there. So when I'm taking the money and I'm putting it in the bowl, I must have intention that it should be in the bowl. Let's say, for example, I wanted to place something in the cabinet and there are bowls all over the cabinet. I can't put the money down on the cabinet. There's no room for it. So therefore... By default, I put it on the bowl, but not because I wanted the bowl to hold up the money, just there's no room for it. According to the Magen Abraham, in such a case, the bowl does not become a basis. It's just there because it happens to be no room. Giving another example, let's say it accidentally fell there on Shabbat or before Shabbat come, comes in. For example, I put my money or let's take my wallet. I took my wallet, which is Muqsim Ahmed Gufo, with the money inside of it, and I put on my tissue box. I wanted to be on my tissue box for the entire Shabbat. Now, before Shabbat came in, I knocked into my desk by accident. The wallet rolled over from the tissue box and it fell on my notebook. When I came back from shul, I look at my notebook, <gasps> and I'm horrified. Oh, my Hiddusha Torah was in there. Oh, my Hiddusha Torah were inside in that notebook, and I wanted to use it, but there's Muqsim on it. And clearly, nobody came into the room beforehand. Must be I, when I knocked the desk, the wallet must have fallen on top of my notebook. Is my notebook now basis? The answer is no. Because I don't have intention that it should be there. It just happens to have fallen there. Another example is, you know, sometimes you come home, you're rushing to run to, run to shul, and you take out your money from your pocket and you just throw it anywhere. It just ha- Now, you obviously don't want it to be in your pocket on Shabbat, but you don't have necessarily intention that should, the money should be there for Shabbat, you just threw it anywhere. You just wanted to throw it out of your pocket and it happened to have landed either on your notebook or in a certain drawer, on a tissue box, or whatever it is. In that case also, wherever that money landed, because it happened to have fallen anywhere, it does not make the item, in, this, in our case the notebook, it does not make it into a basis. That means I can use the notebook to shake off the wallet and then the notebook will be mutar to move. Okay? Another example where you, the intention to be there is, for example, you have candlesticks on top of a tablecloth on top of the table. If you really want to place the candlesticks on the table, but there's tablecloth, not because you want to place the candlesticks on the tablecloth, you could get less. It's just that the table has to be covered by a tablecloth for its protection, or the kids shouldn't make a mess over there, whatever it may be. So in that case, the tablecloth does not become a basis, but the table will be. The tablecloth is there because it's protecting the table. It's not for the sake of the candles. So in that case, it will not be a basis. However, like we said beforehand, this is only the opinion of the Magin Abraham. In all the cases that we've mentioned before, the Trumat Adeshin disagrees, and Ataz follows the opinion of Trumat Adeshin, and, and Hakam Abadiyah as well brings from a few sefarim that go with the Taz and Trumat addition. So therefore, a person should try to be Mahmin. However, Magin Abraham is also not by himself. The Graz, the, the Shohan Aruch Arav, the Beit Meir, 
Beis Meir, Moruk Mishnah and it seems to be from the Ben Yishai, as I will read in a second, they also follow the opinion of the Magen Abraham. And let me read for you the last halacha in Parashat Vayigash, Shana Shaniyam, Ben Yishai, and see what it sounds like. Let's say you have in a drawer or in a box things that are mukse, things that are not mukse. And now the mukse items, let's say the money, is on top of something that's muta. Let's say in this box you also have your notebook. If on Shabbat you need that notebook, you're allowed to shake off the money from the notebook. Why? Isn't it a basis? It came into Shabbat that way? No, says the Benishai. You know why? Because it just happened to be that when you chucked your money, when you threw your money in the box, it landed on the notebook. However, if you place it on the notebook for whatever need, whether it's for the sake of the money or let's say you put, wanted to put like a, the money as a paperweight on the notebook to make sure to hold, you know, to keep it closed. Or it'll be easier to access the money in and out of the box that way. So there you had intention that it should be there. Then the asur, then it will be asur. And concludes the person has to be on the lookout for such a thing. What was your intent when you placed it? You wanted it to be there in that place? So that sounds clear like the Magin Abraham. If your intention is that to be there and you want it to be there for the entire Ben Ashbashot, it becomes Mukseh. But if it just happened to be there, it just happened to have fallen there, from the Ben Ashbashot, it sounds like it will not be, the notebook will not be a basis. Now we go to the fourth condition that we've listed over here. The fourth condition is that in order for something to be mukseh, I'm excuse me, in order for something to be a basis, it must be placed with the owner's consent. And that is either that the owner himself has placed it there, or that the person who's placing it there is placing it by command of the owner, or for his benefit. Those are the three ways. Let me read you the last part of Halakha Yud in the Benish Hai, and you understand what I'm talking about. If a person, now kar usually means pillow, I'm going to switch example for our, you know, just for our sake, to, to make it, you know, stem with what we're talking about. We're talking about money on, in a bowl. Let's say you took money and you put it on your friend's bowl. You have roommates in a room. You have roommates where you have three roommates in a room and somebody takes his money and he puts it in the bowl that belongs to his friend. It's not his, it's his friend's bowl. Even if the money also belongs to your friend. He's the same owner of the bowl. He's the same owner of the mukseh. You took his money, which was on top of his desk. You didn't want it to get lost, so you put it in the bowl. It does not make the bowl asur. And if you need the bowl, you now, the owner of this bowl, you come and you see money in the bowl. You say, who put this here? Rumor says, yeah, I was scared it's going to get lost, whatever it is. You don't want it to be there. If you need the ball, you could shake off the money from there. Or like we said beforehand, if you need the actual place of the ball, you can actually pick it up with the money inside of it and put it somewhere else. In the case where it was for the benefit of the owner, that means there was a real chance that the money might get stolen or might get lost when it was on your desk. 
So now your roommate as a favor picked up the money, put it in your bowl where you usually put it. So there in that case, even though you never commanded him, but that is considered with the owner's consent because it's to his benefit. He would have done the same thing. So then, even though the owner of the bowl is not making the bowl a basis, it's his friend, the bowl will still be a basis since it was for his benefit. Here's other cases where comes up that other people may place mukse on someone else's um, and we'll tell you if they can make it a basis or not. Let's take an example. We're going to take Yaakov and Rahel. Yaakov is the husband, Rahel is the wife. And they have two boys. Uh, let's make it one boy. They have a child. His name is Yosef. Okay, Yaakov and Rahel, husband and wife, and they have a child, Yosef. They have a guest. Who is the guest? The guest, his name is Shimshon. Good? Shimshon is a guest. Fine. So let's say Shimshon takes his money and he places it on something that belongs to this family, to either Yaakov or Rahel or Yosef. The guest cannot make your items mukseh. However, if the guest was given a special guest room, and he was told that he's free to use whatever he wants in the guest room. It's his to be used on Shabbat. Of course, he can't take it home. He's just letting him use it for Shabbat. So then, in his room, he finds a bowl. And he takes his money and he places it in the bowl. That should be there when Shabbat comes in. And it should be in Dafka in that bowl. Then, even though Shimshon is only a guest, but since the bowl was given to him to use, the bowl becomes a basis. That's one example. Another case, the wife, Rahel. Rahel, let's say she takes money and she puts it in the bowl that technically her husband usually uses. He likes to eat from this bowl. Now, the bowl happens to be in the room, as you know, we all know when it's little kids, as this always happens. So she takes her money and she puts it in the bowl, or she takes the money that she wants to pay the housekeeper with and she puts it in the bowl that the housekeeper should pick it up from that bowl. Even though it's her husband's bowl, but since she has permission um, to use the bowl, it's not mine, yours, unless they have some serious shalom bite issues, whatever, but since they usually use the bowl together, she's considered like her husband, and therefore, as Hazon Abadiah brings down, she can make that bowl into a basis as well. I saw some bring down, the Piskej what brings in the name of Hachabahat, that a woman cannot make her husband's items into a basis. It's not hers. Must be, this is a case where it's only her husband's, and he's very mucky that she cannot use it. However, even Minhajabat will agree, in the case where they both have the right to use it, for example, nobody's mucky in the house that this is my plate, your plate. Yeah, usually you're fine, you'll use this plate, I'll use the plate sometimes. Okay, maybe out of kavod, the wife will give her husband that plate. Or the bowl. So in such a case where the wife does place, she places an envelope on a on a bowl or a plate, then she can. Everybody will agree she can make that plate or bowl, whatever in that, that case may be. She can make them into a basis. Now, kids, Yosef, Yosef over here is still a little Yosela. He's still small, or Joey, as some people like to call him. Okay. So now Joey, the little kid, under bar mitzvah. He, even though he has intention that he, he took he took money and he put the money inside of the bowl and he wanted that the money should be there inside the bowl for the entire Shabbat, 
Still, since the ball doesn't really belong to him, it belongs to his parents, even though he has permission to use it, but over here, kids cannot make something into a basis since the condition to make something into basis is in Hebrew known as da'at. And Hazal told us that children don't have this thing called da'at. Da'at doesn't mean brains. There's some children are much smarter than all of us put together. This is not what we, not what we mean da'at. That is intent in kavanah that plays an important role in halakha. Kids lack that according to Hazal. So therefore, they cannot make something to basis. However, however, very important. Two things. Number one is that if the kids play something with the command of the parents, then the kids can make a basis. So for example, the, money, the, the wife prepares an envelope for the housekeeper. She puts in the money, $100. She seals the envelope. She tells her son, Hey, Yosela, come here. Do me a favor. Take this envelope and place it in the bowl in the cabinet. You know, the pink bowl, place it in there. The housekeeper will remove it tonight, two hours after we eat, on Friday night, on Shabbat. That's her money. Now, Yosela takes the money and he puts it in the bowl in the cabinet. The bowl becomes a basis. Why? Like we said, because... He was doing it for the sake of his mother. He was doing it for the adult. It's not on his own. So children can make a basis when they're doing it for their parents, with the command of their parents. However, however, another point, something that completely belongs to the kids, completely belongs to the kids. Kids have a scooter, right? Kids have their own toys, their own things. So if there's a child who is making, uh, excuse me, if there is a parent who is placing money on his children's toy, let's say, for example, you take the, the envelope for the housekeeper and you place it on your child's uh, board game or on your child's notebook and the housekeeper is going to pick it up from there and then Yosela comes back and he says, hey, mommy, Mama Rachel, why did you place my, the money on my notebook? I wanted it. So the parent cannot make the child's notebook into a basis because it belongs to the child. This is something that completely belongs to the child, not that is shared by the parents and the children. Another halakha, based on the Ramah, if Goyim, not Tony, comes in. If Tony comes in and he places money before Shabbat with the intention that it should be there, on his, on Tony's own bowl, and now on Shabbat he need to use Tony's bowl. Now Tony doesn't know anything about Chol Mukseh. But you know that he put that money in that bowl to be there for the entire Shabbat because Mosei Shabbat is using that money to go to the casino. And now you come and say, Tony, I need a bowl. I need it for, I don't know, not for food, obviously. you know, But I need it for something else. I need to, to show my, 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 my guests. They don't believe that you have a pink bowl. So now you want to borrow that bowl from, from Tony. He removes the money from it. The bowl is not a basis. Goim cannot make a basis, even their own items, they cannot make into basis. However, the goyim are doing for the sake of the Jew. So then, because the Jew told them to place it there, then they can make it a basis. But a goy's item cannot become a basis. Now listen to the following hadush. Moshe Feinstein brings it in the Grot Moshe Halik Dalit, Ein Bet. Very major hadush. I was very, very metpale uh, from this. But Moshe writes it and it's mistabir. And he says if a person, that a person, has as follows, I'll give you the example in a second. A person cannot make Sifre Kodesh into a Basis. What does that mean? Let's say you have a Humash. And now, you didn't know the Halakha. 
you thought it was mutar. You took the envelope, you put the money inside of it, you told the uh, housekeeper, listen, right now it's Friday for me. Here's the money I'm placing on top of this book, okay? It's going to be there tonight. You pick up the money from there. And you want it to be there for the entire Shabbat, before the Shabbat. Now, when the housekeeper picks up the money, then you remember, oh, Mukseh, I, uh, can I move the safer now? I want to look up something in Nahumash. You know, you, you forget the issue that you can't put something on uh, Sefer Kodesh. Forget that for a second. You thought that since this is Sefer Debarim, we're not in the Parsha yet, so I'm not going to look up anything in Debarim. You put it on top of the Humash. Mutar, is the Sefer become Basis or not? Ramos Francis says, no. Why? You're right, it was wrong for him to put it there, but he had intention that it should be there for the entire Shabbat. Ramos Francis says, Sefer Kodesh, uh, have a holiness to it that you cannot remove. That you place the money on top of the homash, you're removing it from its kedusha. You have no permission to do that. They're not within your ownership to remove the kedusha from them. So you were wrong the entire time for putting the money there. That's not considered yours to allow you to put the money on it and therefore it will not become a basis either because you have no permission to remove it from its holiness. This applies whether you place it on a homash, whether you place it on a Sefer Torah. You can never make any Sefer Kodesh into a basis. That's what Moshe Feinstein brings down. I haven't seen anybody that argues on this. I did see even more. That there are opinions that hold, Hamadiyah brings a few opinions like this, that even food does not become a basis. Why not? Because food is something that you eat. It's not a keli that you use to hold something, that to put something on it. So therefore, if you put money on top of a pineapple, okay, it does not make the pineapple to basis, according to a lot of opinions. Why? Because a pineapple is made to eat. It's not made for it to hold money. That's not its place. It's accidental that was there. That's like a case of one who forgot his money on top of something that will not, will not become a basis. Okay. Now, let's review all the things that make something into a basis very quickly. We mentioned four conditions. And of course, the full detail, you have to go back to the class. Condition number one is that the time. You need intention that should be there for the duration of Ben Hashemashot. Because then it will become, we hold the rule of Once it becomes Muqseh for the duration of Ben Hashemashot, it becomes Muqseh for the entire Shabbat. It must be placed, the mukseh must be placed on the Klis Mechtol Heter before Shabbat comes in, not on Shabbat. Anything that's been, any mukseh that's been placed on the Klis Mechtol Heter on Shabbat does not make it into, does not make the Klis Mechtol Heter into a basis. You could use the Klis Mechtol Heter to throw off the mukseh. Number three, you must have intention that the mukseh should be in that specific location. Although there's a mahlokit on this, or one could be lenient like the Magen Avraham, that you need intention to be in a specific location. And finally, it must be done by the owner or for his sake or for his benefit. Those are the conditions that we listed here for them that make something into a basis. Now a question is asked in the post scheme. This rule of basis, does it only apply to Muqseh Muhammad Gufo or is it also by all other types of Muqseh? For example, Muqseh Muhammad Gufo and Muqseh Muhammad Tesronkis, we know they have the same halakha. 
So the same halakha will apply. So if you have a shahitan knife and you put it in the bowl on Shabbat, or excuse me, before Shabbat, so the bowl also becomes a basis. Like the same what we give, we gave the example of placing money inside of the bowl. That's not a question. The question is, what about klisu mechtol le'isur? If you have a klisu mechtol le'isur, which usually could be moved, let's all go from komo. What if you place that on top of klisu mechtol le'iter? For example, you have a notebook, and you took a pen before Shabbat, and you place it on the notebook, thinking that you want it to be there for the entire Shabbat. You're not planning to use the notebook. And now on Shabbat, you think about it, and you say, you know, I'd like to use the notebook. Does the notebook turn into a klis mechtol le'isur like the pen that's on top of it? Or do we say, and therefore becomes a basis? Or do we say, no, the notebook is a klis mechtol le'iter. And therefore, even though the pen is on it, shake off the pen, and the notebook is mutar. This question is presented by the pre-megadim. And obviously we're talking about that you place the pen with the intent and all the four conditions that we mentioned before that should qualify it as a basis and he remains with the question but we find that some of the Aharonim are split in the halakha Daruka Shulhan says that the rules of basis apply even so in our case even when the pen has been removed the notebook becomes like a it's, not, it's no longer for this Shabbat it becomes a Shabbat However, the Minhat is Haq, Minhat Shabbat, and others say that no, this rule of Basis only applies in the case of Mukseh Mahmad Gufo or Mukseh Mahmad Hesron Kis. And now we are up to the last halakha. Oh no, we have two halakhot in the Ben Ishai. And I only have seven minutes. Okay, I think we could squeeze in. At least halakha yud alif. And next week, I guess we'll get to the last and final halakha in the halakhot. I thought we we're going to make a siyum today on Tushan uh, Purim. Okay, I guess just like uh, it's Purim Katan, it's not really Purim. We're almost there, you know, the real Purim is later. So too, I thought we we're going to really be misayim today. We're not really going to be misayim, we're going to be misayim next week. Okay, halakha yud alif. Halakha yud alif, let me read it in Saifan and Benish Hai. Halakha says as follows. Teba sheyesh bahma'ot asulitatila. If you have a box and it has money inside of it. So the box is usually kalis makhtol heter. And now that the money is inside of it, what happens now? It becomes asul. Obviously we're talking about with all conditions. You put the money with intention that should be there and it should be there for the entire Shabbat. At least when Shabbat comes in and all the conditions we said beforehand. Good? Fine. That is simple. We learned about that. Even when the money has been removed. Omer, now here's the Hidush. There are opinions that say the following. If this box that you have is made to hold money, then even if the money was removed before Shabbat, that means it came in Shabbat, this box that's made for money came into Shabbat without any money inside of it. Then it would be forbidden to move that box on Shabbat. The same halakha would be by a person who has a wallet. Okay, they had bags, but let's say you have a wallet. The wallet is made to hold money. So even if there's no money when Shabbat came in, since the wallet is made and has been used as well 
for holding money, then the wallet becomes a basis. However, but they are permitted to be used to move if you need the place of the wallet or the place of the box, or if you need to use the actual box for something else, for something that's mutar, which we know as called Also, another way that would be mutar to move the wallet or the box is if you did some sort of action that has changed the form of this item that clearly now it's visible and everybody knows that it's not made for holding money or holding Muqsim Ahmad Gufo. This is Al-Khan bin Shai. It's not so clear if I just translate it. If you picked up, you probably picked up no more than 60% if you have no prior knowledge of this halakha. So let's give you a little bit of a background. The Gemara says, Amar bihud amarav asura If a person has a mita, let's call it a chair, let's call it a, an area. Really, mita means a bed. So let's say you have a chair that you designated it to place money in it. The Gemara says, according to Rav, the bed becomes mukseh even when there's no money on it. Now, everybody agrees over here. We're not talking that you just designate the chair to put money on it. Because that's called Yehud. Yehud alone doesn't, doesn't do anything. It's talking about Yehud and Maaseh. That means you designate this chair to hold money and you actually place money there. You used it to hold money. But you know you're only going to use it for holding money. The Gemara concludes that this opinion of Rav follows the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda the Tamna. And we know in Hukot Shabbat, that we explained in the past, when Mahlok Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon, we hold like Rabbi Shimon in general. In general, we hold like Rabbi Shimon. So in this case, being that Rabbi Shimon argues, so sounds like we don't hold like this halakha. If you designate something for holding, or if you, excuse me, if you designate something for a basis, if it comes into Shabbat not being a basis, there's no mukseh that was on it, then it should not be a problem. It should remain as what it's supposed to be, which is a klish mnachtol leheter. And that's really the opinion of the Rambam. It's also the opinion of the Reef. Who, they both rule that, or they don't bring this halakha because they don't hold of this halakha. However, Ben Utam explains that even a Bishamon will agree over here that this bed, since it was designated, it should become also mukse. However, he says that it will be permitted to move it. Now, how to explain this is a big mahlog how to understand this of Ben Utam. But what comes out is like this. Benish, not Benish, the Maran and Shohana Ruch rules like the Reef and the Rambam and the Ramah rules like a Ben Utam. Going to Maran, if something is even though it was designated to hold something that's Mukseh, and has been used for mukseh. As long as it came to Shabbat without uh, the mukseh inside of it, it remains a klish According to the Ramah, no. Since it was made to hold something that's mukseh, although it came into Shabbat without the mukseh in it, it becomes similar to what we call the klish because it becomes as soon as gufo umekomo. And the Benish High, by the way, seems to rule like the Ramah. He's mahmil like the Ramah. And in a way, it's Mr. Ber. It makes sense sometimes. There are certain cases that w- where they're designated for something that's to hold something that's asur, they should remain asur. I'll give you an example. A wallet. What would you say the dean of a wallet is? Or a purse. A woman has a purse. And she uses, uses it to hold things that are asur. Like money, credit cards, 
She puts things mainly that things are asur, car keys or whatever it is. So now, when Shabbat came in, the woman's purse has been emptied out before Shabbat. What's the status of the purse? Technically, according to Maran, however, according to the Ramah, being that the main purpose of the purse is to hold something that's mukseh, so it's like a klish le'isur. Let's take a tzedakah box, a kupa. It's made to hold money. But now on Shabbat, it came in without any money. We're talking about that you use it and you empty it out. You know, they knocked on your door before Shabbat, they collected all the money. Now it came to Shabbat, empty. There's not one coin inside of it. What's the status of the tzedakah box? It'll be the same mahlokit. According to the Ben Yishai though, and the Ashkenazim should definitely rule this way, the tzedakah box will be a kli shemilachto le'isur. And the same would be by a garbage can. For those opinions that hold that garbage, most of the things in the garbage can are usually mukseh, then an empty garbage can has the same status. If the garbage is made to hold things are mukseh Muhammad gufo, so then you should hold that the garbage can, even though it's empty, should be mukseh. But will be mutar, let's all gufo mikomo. However, according to Maran, if the garbage can is empty, and especially according to the opinions that hold, the contents in the garbage can are not usually mukseh, then certainly the garbage can will be a kli shemlachto lehetir. I really wanted to finish the parasha this week, but I don't have time. We're up to halachayut bet, and we're out of time already. So let's conclude, Bezat Hashem, that uh, we want to wish again a mazal tov to the Lazari and Cohen family. This class will be aired on again tonight at 10 o'clock on jrootradio.com. Um, next week, we will conclude all the halakha of the mukseh. Bezat Hashem will be the last halakha, uh, class on mukseh so far, uh, at least for this series, before we go into the other halakha of Shabbat. And if anybody has any questions, you can text in at 347-927-8398, or you could call the station right now. We'll take your questions off the air, 718-683-5858. A big thank you to Jrootradio. Radio and all the staff there, Iran, David Levine, and everybody else, for hosting us and allowing us to be Mizakeh Rabim by teaching Torah. We'll see you next week, Bazat Hashem, on Wednesday, Bazat Hashem, live at 2 o'clock. Till then, have a wonderful week, and a Shabbat Shalom.